and gentlemen, I hope the technology is working because this is a brief Raven on recap, intermittent, intermediary, intermediate episode. Oh God, I'm so tired, Stu. Help me out here. Stuart Lane, everybody, joining me in the podcast lounge from the other side of the world. I know. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. This is uh, really deceptively simple, the setup we're using right now for talking to someone on the literal other side of the planet. Yes, I know. It's very cool. I should probably say that I'm on the other side of the planet because, you know, the recap, the podcast normally happens in Brisbane, Australia. So technically, I'm I'm the one who left the studio. So, um, yeah, so we're just... (laughs) Recording over, we were recording over Facebook Messenger eventually is what we got. So it seems to be steady and doing okay. So thank you, Mark Zuckerberg and all your associated (laughs) minions. But yeah, we're just going to have a quick chat, I guess, about the episode. And wow, what did you think, Stu? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, Natalie, what did you think? Because I saw some reaction uh, via the internet that uh, I think uh, you had some strong reactions to this one. It uh, seemed like there were some things in this one that you reacted quite strongly to. I had feelings, Stu. I had feelings. <laughs> so you, had, you had incest feelings. I did because, you know, back me up here, right? We, we talked about this last podcast about how it is okay to be a bit like not on board with the incest thing. It's okay to... Oh, totally. 100%. And I felt bad because so many people, like so many other, uh, you know, tweets and the internet and memes and everyone's just like, yes, you know, woo, John and Danny. And I'm like, no, I just can't get on board that. And I... I'm just, I'm just. But having said that, I did want to, I did want to say that this episode made me okay with it only because the show convinced me that it knows what it's doing. Okay. Which is it had them it had them finally hook up at the same time that it confirmed on screen that John and Danny are related. Like like it, it literally almost said she is his aunt. And you know, like like it, 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 they so I, that is one hundred percent deliberate. That that was a, a deliberate choice by the showrunners. So they've they've won me back over, if only because they're going somewhere with this. I don't know where it is. I have some thoughts about that. We might save that for, for next week. But, uh, you know, I just thought I just thought it was actually kind of a brilliant move to just sort of rip the Band-Aid off all at once like this. Well, this is the thing. It was definitely, as you say, I'm not disagreeing at all, very, very deliberate. But for me, that's part of what made it kind of icky. It's like here's his glorious, oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Here's his glorious heritage but, while he's boning his aunt. It was a bit more certainty. It was a bit more certainty that the show is like, yeah, we get that this is weird. We're right there with you. Like, like in, in the last couple of episodes, I, I haven't, I haven't been totally okay with the shows. I, I haven't been able to, to sort of pass what the show wanted us to feel about this. It was sort of a lot of people felt very weird about it. Some people were one hundred percent on board. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that the show is like, no, 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 we get that this is a little bit weird. We know as well. We're going somewhere with this. Well, I hope so. Do you think that uh, they will use it as a way to, um, I guess, set up John's character arc for next season? Like if he discovers that he and Danny are related, will he be slightly grossed out and will she be slightly um, upset that he is the better claimant to the throne? You know, is that where you you think it's going? Because I hope it's going somewhere like that. 
Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think it is definitely heading in that direction. But I also think, so, so just a bit of sizzle for next week. I think, and I'll, I will save it for next week, the, the, there is a theory, and it's a really interesting theory, and it may mean that either I'm right or Greg is right. So I'll just leave it at that. Oh, my God. So Greg is here in New York and he just punched the sky. So. Oh, did he? Well, look, I, I, one of us is going to be right. <laughs> and um, it'll be very interesting. I'm genuinely interested to see which one it'll be. Wow. Okay. It's Yeah, I think I can. I haven't read any theories because, you know, I don't know how to use the internet like that. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about though. I feel like I might be on that game, but I hadn't even thought about that because I was so, this is the thing. So many people, when I finished my recap after like eight hours overnight in New York, which was, <laughs> you, that, that is, that, was that the longest you've ever spent on a recap? Um, probably last week's was longer. The, um, the, the battle North beyond the wall was a bit longer. Yeah. Um, but also I had a. But that was mostly during daylight. Yes. So yes, this is this is the key element. Um, so it was. <laughs> we watched it at uh, in a, a bar, in the hotel bar because we had been the, the hotel had told me they had HBO, but then when we actually checked, they didn't. But this. Mm. So here's the thing, Stu. The very nice hotel manager that we found and talked to about it. Her name was Sanday, and she offered us use of her personal HBO Go login account to watch it. And oh, I was my like, God. That's service. But then before – That is that is service. You, I hope you're tipping her. No, well, as it happened, she found out later and rang us and said, oh, our hotel – so our hotel is in a complex with another hotel. So, like, we're in the, the mid-range hotel and the next one is, like, the classy hotel, the classier hotel. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like three and a half star versus five star type difference anyway so she said our um hotel next door is actually screening it in the bar because they've had a few requests so i'll take you over there and we'll get you a couple of free drinks how nice was that that is really nice fantastic and and so i said i couldn't i said can you just tell me your name again and she said sanday and she said so i have literally been saved by miss sanday trying to think where you were going with that that's fantastic <laughs> I could not believe it so so we watched it in this and I was a bit nervous because and and if you see that reaction video you'll see that the light is very low um yes it's the best I could do because I went and sat near a window everyone was in the mood for Game of Thrones everyone was in the mood but it was a you know it was like a classy wine bar so they're not going to blare the lights and, uh, and, and I sat there, so I had a reasonably, reasonably good view. My, uh, there was a couple of tall dudes sitting down in front of me who kind of blocked the screen at times, but that's okay. I can work with that. Um, but <laughs> Greg told me later that lots of people kept turning around to look at me because I was reacting so viscerally to a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, Natalie, you, you do have strong reactions to Game of Thrones. <laughs> But I was trying not to be too like I was. I was very conscious that we were in public, and I couldn't. 
um, you know, be as loud. You could reach your full range of emotion. Exactly. Like with the, I think that's one of the reasons with the Jon Snow stuff, I had my notebook and I was just like covering my eyes. Because just I, over, over your head, absolutely. But this is There the is thing. a picture of you that was posted by one of our listeners, which shows you with the most miserable expression <laughs> on a human face I think I've ever seen in my life. Um which is just I mean, just amazing. <laughs> so you still, your emotion was still shining through, even if you couldn't be vocal about it. Yeah. So um, we, uh, yeah. So with with that particular shot, and and when I finished my recap, and I, I went off to sleep, and I woke up and saw some of the comments coming through, and everyone has just been going, but Jon Snow's ass, right? Jon Snow's butt. I mean. <laughs> John well, look, even, even I was saying, oh, wow, they, they really uh, foregrounded that, uh, <laughs> that yeah. snow ass. And But the thing is, <laughs> I hadn't even noticed or like, I was so distressed. I, cannot, I was so distressed by the situation incredible. that I didn't even get the sort of like, hey, but that ass, right? Because I, it was like not contextually <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> and I felt... You were obviously <laughs> feeling a lot of things through, during that scene. <laughs> But it, just everyone else can kind of put aside the emotion and then go, I'm going to appreciate some Jon Snow butt right now. And I <laughs> didn't, didn't even occur to me. I was like, it was part of a sequence that I was, you know, not happy with. Ergo, I did not, you know, just take some time <laughs> to be incredibly shallow. Um, <laughs> I feel I let, I feel I let people, I feel I let people down with that. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't pretty egregious, like butt shot. I don't yeah. think we've ever caught quite, quite that long and, and, and significant a glimpse of uh, Jon Snow's rear, rear end. Yeah, the snowy peaks. As, uh... The snowy peaks! Well, they're not really peaks. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a name for them because they're sort of rounded, you know, they're not really peaky. <laughs> Greg described them as rolling hills, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we can call them that. Um, but the other bit of reaction... Can was... I just say, if there's any sign that uh, we've come so far, it's that after seven years, we're now objectifying the male main character of this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought I've always been doing that. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Well, you were always a trendsetter. Yeah. I was advanced in my thinking. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but the other sequence that I was, and I'll post the reaction video to this because it's 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 pretty funny too, is the... Um, Justice for Littlefinger scene. My goodness. Oh, yes. I was. Hasn't this been a long time coming? Well, you know, I had said that earlier in, in the, you know, when Sansa first and John went back to Winterfell and they captured it last year and then Littlefinger was there and I said, no, no, Sansa is too good to fall for his plans. But then with the arrival of Arya and Bran and Littlefinger sort of sowing some seeds of discontent, I thought, you know, it's not right, it's not right, they shouldn't be doing this. But last episode, you know, we watched it together and we were both really not happy with how those Arya Sansa scenes were going. And a lot, exactly. of, a lot of people were saying, oh, they're playing him. But I couldn't understand because they were doing scenes where he wasn't around. Um that's right, exactly. But people now are sort of pointing out that, oh, but if you look at them, you know, they're always, they always have the door open or they're outside or so it's conceivable that they were doing it knowing that he was listening in. So, yeah, that sounds a lot like rationalisation after the fact. Yeah. I, but basically for me it was always, uh, I, well, for, for me in the aftermath, I, I love the way that storyline ended but I don't like how they got there. And I think it's hard, even now going back, trying to pass 
so hang on. When did Sansa and Arya team up? When were they like together? When did Bran get involved? Like this is th- these are the questions. Like it's, it, there's no clear thing that the show can do, and all it would have taken would have been, you know, a possibly slight clunky line of dialogue in the aftermath when they were standing on the parapet to sort of say, oh, you know, I you know I, I thought that I was going to have to kill you, but then you said something and. I realized, you know, we had to team up and stop Littlefinger or something like that, just to sort of, just to sort of give uh, give us something to sort of say, okay, this is when they realized what was going on and teamed up to stop Littlefinger. Yeah, or even in flashback or something, or yeah, I think exactly. It, yeah, yeah. I think it was just a, a moment. I mean, it did allow for that really delicious moment where Arya is sort of standing in front of Sansa at a council, and you think, you know, the, the fake out, I guess. When they, when she That's came right. and said, you, "You stand accused of murder. You stand accused of treason. How do you answer the charges?" Pause. Pause. Wait for it. <laughs> Lord Baelish. It was yeah, and so I've got. What? <laughs> I've got my reaction to that, and I like. I think I started crying. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that little finger. We saw him try literally every trick at his disposal, one after the other, trying to get out of this situation that he found himself in. And he, he was dancing like, like he was, he was using every, every tool in his considerable toolbox to try and get out of this. And up until the moment that Arya took his key one, his, his ability to speak away from him. Yes. And it was great. It was again, really, really good. Again, it was redemptive because that's how he had, you know, betrayed Ned Stark and held a yes. dagger to his throat. So With that dagger, yeah. Yeah. So it was very tying up loose ends. Absolutely. Uh, it was amazing. Oh, I loved it so much. Oh, Sancho and Arya. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm intrigued as to then, um, how, they will, how they will now react to, I guess, John turning up with his sexy new auntie-girlfriend. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I mean, Arya will just be happy to see John. I think Sansa will probably try to work out the implications. Yeah, but ultimately, they're you know they're going to help fight the White Walkers, who are now coming south. Now, <laughs> absolutely. What I was only one season out with this prediction, by the way, a... because remember I said last season I thought the season finale of season six was going to be the wall coming down. Yes, you did. You did. And. I was only I was only one season. I was only seven episodes out, so I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, did you expect it to happen via Ice Dragon though? Yes, I mean after after um, Viserion got turned, I thought one hundred percent it was going to happen via Ice Dragon. Yeah. Um. So and people, have, I, I see uh, wonderfully nerdy discussions about what exact type of fire Viserion is breathing now. Yes. Um, people have said, is, is it actually like super hot fire or is it like some sort of concussive ice blast? And I just love that that sort of conversation is happening around <laughs> the biggest show in the world. It just makes me so very, very happy right down to the core of me. It's amazing. We need to get the scientists on it. Explain how the ice dragon would work. I had a water cooler conversation, like a literal water cooler conversation at my work today (laughs) about what type of fire breath the (laughs) giant zombie dragon in the fantasy show that I watch 
and all my other workmates watch. I'm so happy, Nat. It's amazing. <laughs> I can see the grin on your face from here, Stu. Oh, absolutely. So, um, do you think Tormund and Beric are okay? Because I was really Oh, my worried. God, yeah. I mean, yes, they 100% have to be. Because <laughs> otherwise, I, I mean, you're over there. Like you, you've got connections. You can you can find out for me, surely. I don't have any connections. <laughs> You're in New York. Just ask. That, that's, that's one step better than I am right now. Just ask some people here. It's funny because the first thing I did when I arrived, you know, we went out for a walk, and I thought I'll try and find some big posters advertising Game of Thrones, but there aren't any, and you yeah. realise it's because it was finishing up, and they have no need to. Oh, sure. It, you know. <laughs> and they've, they've changed to the next lot. Exactly. Exactly. So I was quite disappointed. I didn't see any giant. You know. Danny's or John's towering over Times Square, but um, yeah, I was really worried about Tormund. But he did seem to be he and Beric did seem to be clinging to the part of the wall that didn't fall. Yeah, Look, in, in I was about to say I'm, I'm not I'm not super worried because I feel like it it doesn't make any sense to kill either of them off there. Yeah, especially after everything they've been through this season and the previous seasons. So, you know, to just sort of, it would, on the one hand, kind of be very Game of Thrones for them to both die in that attack. Um, but I feel like we didn't see their deaths and they, the show really didn't make any sort of big deal about them. I think it wants us to be real nervous over this very long wait that we're going to have. Yeah. And then, you know, when we finally get back, I think that the first shot, I would love if the first shot was just Torment's hand breaking through a snowdrift. Yeah. <laughs> That would be good. We have to put ourselves right back like, in that oh. same moment. Um, <laughs> so obviously, we're, and we'll talk in detail about all the things, like the Dragon Pit Parley was amazing. and Oh, just incredible. Tyrion, Lena Headey in this episode was incredible. Oh, absolutely stunning. And Tyrion and her scene was just mwah, like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do feel like I couldn't give it all justice i feel like i sort of have to write like another recap to to do it all justice because there's so many things that i feel i've missed um but just to we'll get to that but i just wanted to mention in in one of the you know in because this is a brief podcast but one of the things i wanted to mention was jamie breaking up with cersei he left her he left her and i was so happy and he put on all black did you notice that that his color scheme i did yeah he's, he's he's going north to the wall yeah, he's going well to Winterfell at least, I think. Yeah, um, and yeah, which so is that's where what, that's what that's what one does when one goes north to the wall. Yeah, he 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 dressed down, um, but I, I I was just really excited, and all of a sudden, very welcome to uh, very happy to welcome Jamie Lannister back on the side of good, and just ignore the twenty five years of twincest. And uh, murder. So. <laughs> various horrible things that he's done over the course of the series. Um, I, I it does, it does sort of put us in a weird position of having all of the basically good characters on one side and all of the mustache-twirlingly evil characters on the other side. Um, so it, it does sort of remove the last bit of nuance that I think was there. But, you know, I think the show will add a little bit more nuance maybe in, in next season. Who knows? But again, the the Great War was always about fighting the the living dead, and oh, sure. at this point is it is becoming into fantasy. So I can forgive it that we've had amazing series of yes. interfamily rivalry and who's good and who's bad, and it's all been a matter of filleting out who's good and who's bad. And we've still got the Danny question. You know, do you still think Danny could go full 
um, Mad King. So that's still in play. That's true. But uh, something else that is in play that wasn't in play at the start of this episode is, is Danny pregnant now? Oh. Because, I mean, I mean. There were so many references. Uh, John, John makes a very, very good point. We've taken it as gospel all these years that she can't have kids, but she heard it from a witch who wanted her dead. Yes. You know, not the most reliable source. And also so, maybe John has magic sperm. <laughs> magic Is that uh, canon? That's <laughs> Magic Targary sperm. Ah, uh, of course, yes, okay. So maybe it only works when two relatives get together. And then, uh, and then True. it's okay. Because, you know, she took Mario as a lover and no sign of anything there. So maybe it has to, That's be, true. That's maybe it has to be a blood relative. That's, that's, well, maybe. Um, and that's, the, that's just that little secret ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to just think if there was anything else. I mean, there, there, there was heaps and we'll discuss it further. But they, they were kind of my main ones. I really, it, it's, it says a lot about me that I was more happy to set aside Jamie's record of twincest and murder that I was for two people like Danny and John who are ostensibly good characters to get it on. Mm. So <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> well, like, like I said, I think the show wants us to be a little bit weirded out by it. I, I don't think the show is fully saying, hey, this is a 100% good thing. It even has Tyrion sort of lurking in the corridor looking concerned yes. for reasons which we'll probably we'll talk about more next week, but I think there's some interesting stuff going on there. Yes, again. Uh, but, you know, it has one of our point-of-view characters as, as an audience is Tyrion and him just sort of looking very uncomfortable about this whole thing I think sort of gives you a, a couple of cues to sort of say, okay, you're allowed to feel a little bit uncomfortable about what's going on. They're going somewhere. Yeah, but Tyrion had been the one to kind of point out to Danny that John was keen on her. So he he surely must have seen this coming for want of a better phrase. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Um, oh, and that reminds me, what do you think of his name? Aegon. Aegon Targaryen. Well, it's better than Jaehaerys, which was the big internet rumor. <laughs> that was the fan favorite, and like in hindsight, of course it's Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. Like it just it just makes so much sense for it to be Aegon Targaryen from an in-universe perspective and also a meta sort of perspective. Like Aegon is of course the famous conqueror. Aegon the Conqueror was the Targaryen king who conquered and, and united Westeros, and you know, uh, there's been a lot of uh, good Aegons over the years, and of course it's Aegon. Yeah, you know? but I, so. I I was interested because there's now a lot of people saying, but Rhaegar's first son with Elia Martell was also called Aegon. But I thought... That's right. But, it, it, I mean, maybe that's the show sort of because they've never really talked about the names of, of Elia Martell's children. So maybe in the show no, world... Right. He's not called that, or he wasn't called that. Well, that's right, but I think I think that ties into the fact that Rhaegar Targaryen was trying to create Azor Ahai. He was trying to create the prince who was promised. Um, you know, and so I think he probably called his son Aegon because he thought his son was going to be uh, Azor Ahai. Um, you know, and so that means that he thought his son with Ilya 
was Azura High, but then he re he realized it wasn't he for some reason realized it wasn't going to be. So of course his son with Liana, he named Aegon as well. Yeah, just to cover all bases. But it just does, to cover his bases. I mean, I, also, were you were you sort of vaguely creeped out by the fact that Rhaegar looked a lot like Viserys? Yes, yes, I was. I even thought it was like, the same actor. They really leaned into that. That was really strange. Yeah, I thought he would be a lot more big. He seemed kind of slim, and I, I all the fan art of Rhaegar always portrays him as this incredibly big, beefy blonde guy. So I was yeah yeah they they always portray him as a very heroic looking guy and they they cast a guy who looks almost identical to the actor who plays Viserys yeah I suppose it's very strange I suppose that's why they did it but I also was kind of you know so many people were reacting to that going oh they loved each other it was a beautiful relationship ah oh, and I I just couldn't help thinking so he he literally just shoved aside Elia Martel. And, you know, for convenience, did she even know he divorced her, annulled their marriage? Because they were living separately. <laughs> well, did she even tell, like, did he even tell her that he did that? Um, well, I think this was literally in the middle of Robert's Rebellion. So I think, like, she might have had some inkling. Yeah, maybe. But, I, I yeah, I just, I felt, I think I saw a tweet that said, uh, Elia Martel deserved better. And I couldn't help but agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like he did it for love. He did he did genuinely fall in love with Lyanna Stark and that's the whole point is yes. that Lyanna Stark went willingly with, with Rhaegar Targaryen and they and they loved each other. But yeah, like Ilya Martell was the dutiful wife who got completely passed over by this guy who was obsessed with creating uh, this this heroic figure that was prophesized. And so, look, he know. did he did then give us Jon Snow. But it is it is funny. That's true. <laughs> It is funny um, that, uh, it, it, and it, it, it's very good that John did not have any Targaryen features. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if he came out and had like the silver blonde hair? Like it would have made things very awkward. Exactly. I guess Ned would have had to try and pass him off as as uh, as favouring the the mother. Um, but yeah, made it a lot made it a lot easier that he looked like a Stark. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and people have pointed out as well, and, and rightly so, like it just reinforces what an absolute champion Ned was, that he would just yeah. take this on, like that, that impossible situation after he had just fought a war over this over this child. I think And to then take him on as, as his as his bastard and, and raise him as his own. And just keep you know, the, the actions of Ned Stark is are going to come back again and again, even in this last series, I think. Yeah, he's had such a, an echo down. And there was that lovely chat between John and Theon about Ned as well. And Arya and mm. Sansa talked about Ned. And, yeah, he's still so um, heavy in um, in the show's history, even though it's been years since mm. we've seen him. Uh, good old Ned Stark. Um, yes, so... Anyway, we should. I should probably wrap this up and let you go to sleep, and I should get up and seize the day. Uh, and I don't know what I'm doing today, actually. Um, yes. So my my yeah. Tuesday is just ending, and yours is just beginning. So spoiler alert: it's pretty good. Okay, great. All things considered. Great, yeah. great, great. Looking forward to <laughs> what it has in store. I'm just trying to think of what I'm supposed. Maybe I should go to the HBO store today and just uh, look at a lot of Game of Thrones tat. I thought that would have been your first stop. 
No, no, as it happens, no, Shake Shack was my first stop. <laughs> priorities, Stu, priorities, delicious shakes oh, and burgers. I'm right there with you. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me. I will do some editing and hopefully the uh, the sound quality will be okay for everyone listening, but um, we will get together, obviously, and go over everything when we um, when I get back. And, um, yeah, this so far has worked pretty well. So, anyway, yeah. I guess a fantastic closing episode to the season is the main takeaway. It really was. Even even all the stuff with the time and, you know, that seemed to fade away. This well, there episode, wasn't any of that stuff this time. It was it – was... It was just real solid Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, my goodness. And Bronn. How good was Bronn? Oh, Bronn. <laughs> and the Hound. And Brienne. The, the Hound and Brienne. And, and everyone else. And Pod. And, oh, it was great. So good. Anyway, otherwise we'll just keep talking. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, we will see you in a, a week or so for a big uh, Reacts podcast. Um, over a week um, but until then as we always say follow up with bullets a zombie ice dragon is coming <laughs>